0: Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 31, week 31, volume 31, number 31. How you going guys? How's your week been? Hope you've been good. So, this week we've got a lot in store, we've got all the Mosh news, we've got Mosh reviews, and our Mosh interview this week is with Rob of Most Precious Blood, One King Down and Recon. All of that coming up in the show. So let's kick things off as we do every week and that is with the Mosh News. Not a lot of news this week, but we did get a tour announced courtesy of Antagonist AD. They will be touring around Australia in November and December. They will be taking along with them Honest Crooks and Caged Existence. The tour will kick off on Thursday the 15th of November in Adelaide. It then touches down in Melbourne on the 17th of November then hits Brisbane on the 29th of November, then Newcastle on the 30th of November, and then wraps up on Saturday in Sydney on the 1st of December, and Sunday on the 2nd of December in Canberra. Really good to see Antagonist AD back in fine form. As we've said over the last few weeks, a couple of new songs released, so hopefully this tour will be off the back of a new album. Make sure you get along to those shows, some really good shows, great venues... Great lineup. Jesus Peace released another song from their forthcoming album only self. The song is called Punish, and it is through their label Southern Lord Records. The song sounds fucking immense. It is such an onslaught. It's got a bit of a sludgy, doomy feel to it. Really exciting, and I can't wait to delve into that album on next week's show. So that song is called Punish. It is by Jesus Peace and it's from their new album coming out next week called Only Self. British band Black Coast unleashed a brand new music video and song called Break the Routine. These British guys play a aggressive chaotic hardcore that's very, very similar to Every Time I Die, Norma Jean, these kind of bands. This will come off their upcoming EP we don't know much else about the EP but we do know this song break the routine will feature we can't wait to hear more so the song is break the routine and the band is black coast from England turnstile released a new music video for their song bomb slash I don't want to be blind which is off their recent album called time and space it's quite an entertaining music video it's more of a short film not what we expected but very entertaining so the song is called bomb slash i don't want to be blind and it is by turnstile we got album news this week from sick of it all they have announced their 12th album will be called wake the sleeping dragon and it will be released november 2nd nothing else really known at this time but We do know the New York Hardcore Legends are coming back with number 12 in their discography. Amazing band, one of the best in the hardcore genre, one of the pioneers in the hardcore genre. So really good that they're coming back. As I said, the album is called Wake the Sleeping Dragon and it will be out November the 2nd silent planet also announced the new album of theirs will be called when the end began and it will get released november the second through solid state records to coincide with the news they also released a new music video silent planet are really building quite a backing quite a frenzy behind them at the moment the song i'm not really quite sure about it's it's got parts that are enjoyable i am excited to hear this album on a whole they are also touring australia at the moment if you've had a chance to catch them live send us an email let us know all about that how were they live were you digging what these guys were putting down so as i said the album is called when the end began coming out november 2nd through solid state records And the last bit of mosh news this week was Beartooth have released another taste of their upcoming album. The album is called Disease, and the song they released is called You Never Know. Now, the interesting thing, Beartooth are highly hyped, and there's a lot of backing behind them. And it's kind of understandable off their first two albums, but this album I'm getting really worried about now. This song is the third we've heard off it, and... I don't know, it's sounding like a very poor A Day to Remember. I don't really think there's much in this. It will be successful, but I don't think this is the same aggressive band we used to know. So the song's called You Never Know, off their upcoming album Disease. It is by Baretooth. Make sure you check that out if you're interested in that. So... That is it for The Mosh News this week. We are done and dusted with that segment. Now, of course, don't forget, if you want to check out any of those new songs, any of those music videos, if you want to see the artwork for those new albums, if you want to see the ticketing information for those tours, you can find all that information on our website and on our social medias. Now, the website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone and we are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And make sure you're liking and following and subscribing to our website so that you stay updated when we update you. So now it's time for Mosh Reviews. First up this week is the new album by Era called Neon out now on Sumerian Records. So, first things first, this album is 10 tracks long and clocks in at around the 40 minute mark. ERA have been a band for almost a decade now and have been slowly building their career step by step. Each release, they seem to progress further and further into becoming a better band. So far, ERA have had three EPs and four albums. And this is their second album with former Texas In July vocalist J.T. If you don't know what they sound like, Era are very much the melodic style of metalcore with big splashes of progressive gent styles mixed in. Their last album, Drift, was very much loved by critics and fans alike, so they've come into Neon with a bit of pressure and expectations. Overall, I've got to say that while this doesn't reach the same heights as Drift, it is still a very entertaining album. I just think Drift set too high of a benchmark for this band to be able to reach again. A big notable thing you will notice on this album is the production is on point. This album sounds large. It really pops, fizzles and bangs with sharpness and clarity. Every vocal line, every guitar note rings loud with the clarity that you expect. Musically, you cannot deny this band has an insane amount of talent and skills. They can write a prog-core progressive jam like the pros do. The drums have groove and bounce. The bass is fat and fills up the space. Guitars are chunky, melodic, jumping around the fretboard with that genty vibe. And the vocals are very much the beauty and beast style. So there's the mix of the gutturals and there's the mix of cleans and they're constantly interchanging with each other. If you have to speak about negatives, unfortunately, a lot of the riffs that they're playing here feel like I've heard them before. They feel very recycled. They feel very rehashed. That's not saying they're not good. It just feels like I've heard this before also because all the songs are very similar in structure and length and styles they seem to blend together you can find yourself forgetting if you're listening to track two or track seven another thing that era are very well known for are the breakdowns now era on this album don't feel like they're using breakdowns with a purpose a lot of the breakdowns feel like they were thrown in at last minute and thus are not as entertaining as they used to be. Another thing that needs to be said is that vocally, the screams or the uncleans, if you want to call them, they feel very last minute. And the cleans, the melodic vocals, also feel too polished, feel too pop-punk in ways. So while this album is not setting the genre alight and is not the best the band has done, It is a bit heard this before. The album is very entertaining, very satisfying and enjoyable. There are some big gems on this album that you will go back to. This is for fans of Gent, the melodic metalcore progressive music. This is for fans of Polaris, Northlane, The Contortionist and Periphery. The album I am talking about is Neon. It is by Era it is out now on Sumerian Records and we do give it a 6 out of 10. Next up for review this week is the new album by Sinsanum called Repulsion of Humanity, out now. So this band is without a doubt a supergroup. There are members from Slipknot, Mayhem, Dragonforce, Darth, Chimera, just to name a few. This band While only really relatively new have been going at it, they've already released two EPs and there's already been a full length before this album. Unfortunately, this band continue the trend of supergroups not quite living up to what they can do on their own. This feels like a lot of treading water. It feels like the band are playing safe. They're not pushing too far with the melodies the artwork, the lyrics, the riffs. There's lyrics like demons eating at your soul and it sounds very much cliche, very much from a template that's handed to you that says how to write extreme music lyrics. At times it feels like they're pandering to what they know that fans love and appreciate with death metal and black metal. You definitely cannot, without a doubt, not love what Joey Jordison does here from Slipknot on the drums he is a absolute machine behind that and offers a real edge to the music but unfortunately for what he does it doesn't make up for what everyone else is doing this is one of the few albums this year where I felt bored as a song would go on a lot of the songs are too long There's not a lot of thought process going into it. There's a nine-minute song on here called Forsaken and uh, really wasn't needed. There's no envelope pushing here by Sinsanum, and if they had, it really could have done some wonders. Unfortunately, this album really lacks any repeatability. Unfortunately, this album will just kind of fall into the background. You cannot deny that This is well-written music, it is well-crafted, but unfortunately, because it's not pushing envelope, because it's a bit boring, because it is a bit safe, it doesn't really feel that exciting and worth your time. The album I am talking about is Repulsion for Humanity, it is by Sinsanum. it is out now, and we do give it a 4 out of 10. Last up for review this week is the new EP by EarthGroans called Rahab, out now on Solid State Records. So first off, this is five tracks and it's a very short EP. It clocks in around the 15 to 20 minute mark. Now I have to be honest here, before I got into this, I had quite a bit of hesitation and reservation before reviewing it. Only because of the label and because I heard they were Christian. So as you know through previous weeks, sometimes Christian metal can feel a bit too much. Can just not be my cup of tea. But with Earth Groans, I'm so glad I gave this a fucking go. This is immense. There is so much going on here and this is a really good band. This is a band I think everyone can get into in some shape or form. First thing you need to know, this is their second EP. Now, what do Earthgrown sound like? It's a band that plays a metallic, chaotic hardcore, but they don't just do that. They also dabble in some deathcore, some metalcore, and some gent for good measure. The first noticeable thing about this EP is this is damn fucking heavy. Like, this is heavy as shit. Was not expecting it to be this heavy. And. It has a very off-kilter sonic siege of aggression going on the entire fucking time. Because this EP is short in length, this band have gone hard at it from the start. They've put their foot down and never let go. There is big, chunky, driving riffs. Big, slamming, throttling breakdowns. There's a gallop and a groove to it. And there's brutal barking vocals in your face that are all about positive lyrical content. If you have to pick a negative in any way, and it is nitpicking, it is that sometimes it feels like there's no room for each track to breathe. Now, what I mean by that is sometimes it's all a bit too much. Now, if they created a bit of a space in all of this aggression it would allowed some moments to stand out more than they already do but that's really picking at any negative that you can i was really 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 surprised about this i was really really entertained by this earth groans have a lot going for themselves being their second ep i can see themselves really going for it on the next album and i'm really excited to hear that when it does get released hopefully within the next year to two years earth groans dish out plenty of aggressiveness through their vocals through their riffing through their breakdowns and through their attitude across this entire ep while at times it can feel one-dimensional it's definitely not boring and definitely not worth ignoring there is no doubt that this band carries lots of energy, lots of willpower and lots of potential. This is for fans of Norma Jean, Every Time I Die, Demon Hunter, August Burns Red. The EP I am talking about is Rahab, it is by Earth Grounds. it is out now on solid state records and we do give it an 8.5 out of 10. So that's it for the mosh reviews done and dusted in the can all wrapped up for this week. What did you think of our reviews? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Hit us up. Send us an email. Get in touch. Is there something that's come out that we've missed? Is there an EP or an album that we haven't covered that has already come out? Hit us up. Send us an email. Get in touch. Are you in a band and you've got an EP or an album on the way? hit us up, send us an email, get in touch. Now, of course, if you want to get in touch through email, you can send us an email at themoshzone at gmail.com. You can get in touch through the website, which is www.themoshzone.com. Or don't forget, you can also get in touch through our social medias. They are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter it's that time of the week now it's time for our mosh interview this week i got to sit down with rob of most precious blood one king down and recon absolute fucking legend so 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 grateful that rob was able to take some time out for me and the mosh zone really nice dude solid dude and has been in so many great hardcore bands over the years, and is still in some great hardcore bands going today. Thank you so much, Rob. Really, really appreciated it. Love the chat. Look forward to catching up soon. That chat with Rob is coming up now. Okay, so I always start off with kind of, do you kind of remember the band that made you discover and understand that music was a thing? Do you remember the band that really made you pay attention to music?
1: Uh, Good question. And uh, I'm not sure if it was a a specific band per se or a composer or what have you, Uh, but I think uh, growing up listening to a lot of – Gershwin and uh, Shostakovich, mm. uh, and uh, you know Bach, of course, uh, his uh, his Goldberg Variations, especially played by uh, a guy uh, named Glenn Gould. And you can find his stuff on YouTube. He was this uh, eccentric, uh, you know, reclusive uh, musical genius. I don't use the word genius very often, but he he qualifies for sure. Uh, you know, a, a lot of that stuff really kind of uh, initially gave me a connection and deepened that connection uh as time went on to music uh and you know that along with okay you know early pop and you know growing up in like the 17 1870s, uh you know i I had a lot of exposure to you know the the very beginnings of of some of the things that we enjoy you know like uh, you know punk for instance uh but you know in terms of a particular band that really kind of made me sit up, and uh, you know, that that perked my ears. You know, it's that's a very difficult question to answer. Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of metal back in the day. Uh, I always thought, like, you know, early Guns and Roses. Like the first time I ever heard the word "fuck" said on you know on any recording, I'm like, whoa, he said that. And then um, you know, moving on to Uh, you know, suicidal tendencies, that first suicidal tendencies, uh, album, uh, sick of it all, uh, blood, sweat, and no tears, early leeway, stuff like that. Uh, I was like, wow. Okay. So this is, this is a thing. Uh, but then when I discovered like, you know, stuff on the heavier end of the spectrum, like when I first heard, uh, dope sick by, I hate God. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, that was a very transformative (laughs) album. Uh, You know, and then seeing bands like, uh, coalesce, play live, uh, it really, it, it, it challenged what I understood, uh, and what I, what I held to be kind of normative. Uh, and that gave me, uh, it, it whet my appetite for what else could shift my paradigm, what else could create, uh, you know, um, a change of opinion. What else could make me sit up even further uh, and pay attention even more? Uh, you know, things that defied what I held to be kind of, you know, the status quo. And that's that's something I still look forward to this day. Uh, the short answer is there is no one single band or or composer or artist that made me do that. I think just uh, it was it was an incremental, a, a battle of of inches, as they say, or whatever you know, battle battle of centimeters. Uh, for those of you out there who use the metric
0: system, <laughs> and you—you you grew up in New York, is that correct?
1: That is correct. Yeah, uh, grew up in um, Albany, New York. Was born in Albany, New York, the state capital. It's about uh, two and a half hours north of New York City, uh, and then moved around quite a bit in the northeastern U.S. Uh, lived in Boston, Massachusetts, for a number of years uh, on Mission Hill. Um, lived in Philadelphia for a number of years uh, on the Main Line of Pennsylvania. Uh, and now, I mean, now I live in new England again. I I live in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, and yeah, I, I like new England very much. It, uh, it feels like home. It's very comfortable here.
0: So where were you? I mean, was there a certain age that you kind of, did you ever growing up kind of define as a kid? A lot of people find themselves defining themselves as a metalhead or an alternative kid, were you one of those that during your high school years or just after that you were like, well, I'm alternative or I'm hardcore or I'm punk? Did you ever go down well, that path?
1: Of course, yeah. Naturally, everyone searches for some kind of uh, identity, some uh, uh, some characteristics which, you know, uh, or or some kind of identity, that is something that lends to identity. Mm. Uh, developmentally speaking, it makes perfect sense to kind of uh, – fall in line with a, a tribe or you know a clique or what have you because it offers uh, you know some very uh solid parameters to your <clears throat> to yourself to you as a person uh and during those formative years that's what everyone struggles to achieve uh so yeah of course i mean <clears throat> you know you get caught up in nomenclature but then as you begin to expand And you either, you know, give less of a fuck or or you start to understand, Okay, well, you know, you can call anybody anything, but it's who they are inside that counts. You know, not what they listen to or what they what they wear, uh, what color their skin is or, you know, if they grew up rich or poor or whatever. None of that matters. Uh, Once you kind of come to that realization, then, okay, you you begin to distance yourself from the uh, hard and fast nomenclature that binds so many developing people. And then you just kind of you know you settle into uh you know your own personality you really kind of find your own uh your own voice and your own style uh and it affords you if you're lucky enough to to have that happen to you or to allow that to happen to you it affords you enough security to be happy for other people who find their own voice and you know who express their originality instead of you know uh, being jealous or talking shit or you know running people down or making them feel bad in order to make yourself feel good—that's uh, that's not what I'm about at all. But the the main idea is okay, yeah. You you search for who you are, and you know if you either search hard enough or stop searching altogether, you'll find who you are. That's that's the long and the short of it.
0: Oh yeah, and uh, you now I don't know if you still are, but you you very much were. If I'm correct in thinking, you were definitely a straight edge vegan for a long time, and you might maybe are still. Are you?
1: Well, I um, I'm currently omnivorous. I've been ah. I've been an omnivore since uh well shit, uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. Uh, and, but I'm still straight edge. Mm. Uh, that's that's never going to change. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm in no way, shape, or form attracted to you know escapism or any you know d- device that would uh limit my control over myself but uh but yeah i uh i i reintroduce uh me into my diet uh somewhere around yeah 2009 i think uh, and you know i i know everyone you know who uh all, all the vegans get you know are in an uproar and you know <laughs> it's uh, it's actually very comical to see uh, how cultish uh, some people can be about it. Now, this is not me pissing on anyone's articles of faith because it can it can be very religious for some people. the, the whole idea of you know what you what you eat or drink should give you you know uh, you know some kind of oh how do I say it like um, I don't want to say superiority but you know people people will always believe that they're on the righteous path. Mm. you know uh and will many times dogmatically fail to uh even entertain any perspective other than their own uh and i was guilty of that as well to to you know to the nth degree i was i was that person uh but once you begin to kind of challenge yourself and your own uh preconceived ideas of what you know what reality is like what uh uh you know, what what the narrative is that drove you uh, to make the decisions you made made or, you know, even challenging yourself from from day to day. This is all, this is way more critical than just kind of towing the party line, so to speak, uh, and, you know, pounding the table, uh, talking about, you know, animal rights or the health benefits of plant-based, you know, eating or what have you, Uh, that's a... In my mind, it's it's most important to challenge yourself constantly. And okay, you know, some people take tremendous issue with my decisions, uh, but they're my decisions. Mm, uh, yeah. you know, so <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to I hate to disappoint people, um, but you know, people have to ask themselves why they're they're so upset over what other people do with their lives. And okay, you you have the, the ethical argument. Well, it's not just your life; it's the lives of the animals, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, correct. But then we can get into, uh, you know, deeper, uh, you know, moral waters and talk about, okay, uh, child labor or human rights overseas or what have you. Uh, and, then, and then the discourse and debate and conversation just never ends. Uh,
0: yes. And what was, I mean, I was, I'm a bit like yourself. I was vegan for nearly five years, I, I think it was. And I had to change because basically I was getting very sick. And sure. doctors said, "Look, basically, I know you have your own beliefs, but you need to change your diet. I know it's going to be hard, but you have to." And I had the same reaction when I changed from a lot of my vegan friends; they were calling me a traitor. Then they were calling <laughs> me a, a killer. It was, yeah, you know, it was ridiculous because I wasn't changing back to eating meat through being a savage. It was I have to do this for my own health. Um, Correct. What was your Reason behind it was it just something personal, or was there a bit more research? What What happened with you?
1: Well, let me think. It was even I was vegan for I think seven years uh, of the twenty some odd years I was vegetarian, uh, and I stopped being I stopped being vegan because I was tired of being hungry and miserable all the time. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it got to the point where like, okay, I was in Brooklyn and there was a giant cheese pizza in front of me. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna eat that. And then I ate it and I somehow became much happier. Mm. I, became much, I became a much happier person, uh, you know? And I think that was an important uh, an important lesson for me uh, that, okay, you know, okay, you, you had a cheese pizza. What does that mean? What does it mean that you ate a cheese pizza, you know, or whatever? Uh, and from there I began to kind of really challenge myself, uh, and, and the, the way that I thought, uh, the, the things that I clung to as truths, I began to challenge more consistently. You know, I began to try to adopt other people's perspectives and, you know, listen to what other people had to say, uh, and pay attention to, uh, you know, the bigger picture, try to zoom out instead of existing in such a granular uh, hyper focused state of mind because quite frankly I was limiting myself I was limiting my my intellectual potential my uh, you know what uh, you know fill in the blank potential. I was just limiting myself period mm. uh, so that that moment was uh, was important and I think yeah I was I was just hungry <laughs> I, <laughs> I got hungry man uh, and you know that same kind of path that I took of like you know, challenging the ideas that I had about diet and, you know, the correctness or morality thereof that led me to, okay, eventually reintroducing, uh, to my diet uh, again around, I think, yeah, it was like 2009. Uh, I was a competitive power lifter, uh, for quite some time. And, you know, diet was, diet's incredibly important, you know, in, in any context, but in the, in the context of competitive powerlifting and, and training, uh, I felt, you know, I felt this bizarre, primal craving. Like I, my body was hungry for something that I was not giving it. Uh, and I, I kid you not, within I think thirty or forty days after reintroducing meat to my diet, my my deadlift went up. Oh, sixty, probably like twenty five kilos, Jeez. almost thirty, almost thirty kilos, like oh. overnight. You know, and and for those of you at home who, who don't use the metric system, just multiply that times two point two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there you have pounds. Uh. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of a it's a touchy subject because so many people are so up in arms over it. Uh, but it's uh it's important for me to do what's right for me. Uh, whether or not it's okay, you know, uh, the the morally correct whatever that is thing to do or if it's something that i had done previously it's you know what i've done in the past is not going to influence the decisions i make in the future because i'm i try to approach each day uh you know uh, objectively like you know i hit the reset button and i and i challenge everything yeah you know, that's pretty
0: and i mean you you mentioned there also that you know you've been straight edge for a long time now and what was the what was the moment or what was the decision behind starting being straight edge?
1: Okay, good question. I uh, yeah, I've been I've been straight edge for well over a quarter century now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I adopted that ideology. Uh, you know, even though I had been living that way for for you know quite some time, uh, when I was like I think fourteen or fifteen, something along those lines. Mm-hmm uh which well let me think. All right so maybe maybe quite a bit longer than a quarter century but whatever still because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm 42 years old I'm 42 years old now so uh you know that's, a, that's, that's... yeah it's uh, I'm I'm an old dude whatever it's uh that's that's just how it goes but okay so I I realized at a very early age that you know escapism and the devices that that lend to escapism Uh, were not for me i saw what they did to my my friends and family and then you know approaching that ideologically i I said to myself you know i see where that bus drops you off i'm not gonna get on it Mm. uh you know and for other people okay you know whatever works for them if it works for them cool uh far be it for me to tell other people how to live their lives but For myself uh, you know that's that's not an option Uh, I'm not necessarily a control freak but I do enjoy uh, maintaining a a modicum of control over over what I can control in my life because I'm just trying to make the best life for myself Mm. so it it boils down to I mean it it sounds you know a bit, a bit selfish, or like more hedonistic than than I intended. But the, the main idea is I, I can see what, uh, what that path does to people, and I want better for myself. Mm. You know, I, I want more for myself, which is not it's not out of the question uh, to want more for yourself, to be to be greedy for the best things for yourself, as long as you're not uh, pursuing them at the expense of the health and happiness, uh, of others. You're not, you're not turning people into, uh, stepping stones, you know, to go after what you want. I'm just saying, I'm not going to drink because, uh, you know, it it makes you slow and stupid. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I got shit to do. I'm not gonna, (laughs) you know, I can't slow myself down. I have things that need to get done. Uh, I think fast, talk fast, move fast. I get a lot done. And to, to intentionally handicap myself is entirely illogical, uh, borderline laughable. So
0: it's also, also um, I'm now recovering alcoholic and I've been sober for over a year now. And thank you. It's, I think, I think the thing for me that since I opened my eyes to it was it's, it's a fucking poison and We don't realize, in Australia especially, it's in our culture for some reason to drink. You finish work, have a drink. You know, go out to a barbecue, have a drink. Go to dinner, have a drink. It's ridiculous that this is a poison, a drug that um, is given to us and accepted in our society. And I'm so glad I found the way to abstain and stay off it now because my health is amazing I'm waking up refreshed. I've got more energy. Um, so being able to, like yourself, stick to your guns and stay that way, I think, is an amazing thing. In a culture where so many people would have probably been shoving their own thoughts or trying to get you to drink, was there any anyone that was like, "Oh, come on, just have one. You'll be right." Was there any like that?
1: Of course, always, always. Uh, you know, but you uh, you have to look at things objectively, you know, and say. Well, you know hold on one second. What do you want? You wanna to... come on. Come on. Well, I'm not gonna come get you. Pickles, get up here. Come on. You not just no, I don't care. Jump up on here. There we have it. What's up? We got uh one of my cats wants to hang out. You want to do the interview? Uh, you want to take over? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, you have you have people who uh, who pressurize you because misery loves company. Yeah. Uh, you have people, who, and it, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. Misery loves company, and you have uh, the so-called crab bucket syndrome, where uh, if you've ever seen crabs in a bucket, you know there's one of one of them figures out. Oh, wait a minute! I can easily climb up out of this bucket. And they do so, they, they start to climb out of the bucket and they start to crest the rim of the bucket and then other crabs will grab that crab by their pinchers, at, with their pinchers and just pull that crab down with the rest of them. Mm. So crab bucket, it's, uh, and that's humanity in a nutshell when, when people are miserable and they're suffering. Uh, they, it's not that they necessarily are malicious, but if you try to, let's say you're trying to rescue a drowning person, they're panicking, right? And they feel your body not because they're malicious, but because they're drowning. They will climb you like a ladder. So uh, it's you know it, it's a strong metaphor for this this uh, this idea that okay, so many people they find themselves drowning because they can't control their impulses or they they don't like themselves enough to uh, stay away from the sauce or what have you. Uh, they uh, they just drag you down. They they grab you and they pull you down with the rest of them. So, it's it's uh, it's difficult to to stand up to people, to stand up to people you love or your friends or your family, and be like, look, this is you, this is not me,
0: mm.
1: you know. Uh, I, I gotta I gotta do what's right for me, and if it ostracizes, then okay, so be it. You know, people who love you, it shouldn't matter, and if it does matter, they didn't really love you. Oh yeah, okay? well,
0: yeah, spot on. Um, mm-hmm. now, slightly transitioning into the music side of things when did you start you know kind of exploring the avenue of being in a band and i know that you do play guitar Uh but was was playing guitar your first thing that you really focused on or did it just be vocals by chance
1: well i mean yeah it was vocals and drums. I, uh, I I was always kind of a something of a creative writer, terrible creative writer, but still, I mean, I gave it I gave it a, a red hot go just the same. Uh, and that transitioned to kind of like you know uh, lyrical content, and I was a hyperactive loudmouth, so that seemed to <laughs> that seemed to, to make to make some sense. Just put a mic in my hand instead of you know uh, me just being uh, a doofus uh, you know, it, you know, without one. So, okay. I wrote some stuff, grabbed the mic and did the thing. Uh, but I also, I was very in, I was so in love with drums. I love playing drums. Uh, I am also bad at playing drums. Just like, <laughs> I'm, 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 practice, I'm bad at everything. I'm like, I'm not like a terrific, uh, I'm not like a naturally talented vocalist or a lyricist. Uh, I'm not a, a really, uh, I'm not a talented drummer, or a guitarist, but I just like to do these things. They're just, they're fun. Uh, so I, I do them. Uh, so yeah, guitar is, guitar is fun. And I, I've never taken lessons. Everything I do is, is by ear and just kind of, you know, figuring stuff out, solving the problem is, uh, is half the fun. Trying to figure out, uh, you know, uh, where my what what to do with my hands, and then trying to translate that action to tonal resolution. Uh, trying to trying to create harmony and 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 tone and to have everything resolve uh, you know nicely according to my ear. Or when it comes to drums, you know, drums are very therapeutic uh, to just find a groove, find a rhythm, or find you know, or just hit the fuck out of them uh, <laughs> and just you know find find whatever is there in the moment. I, I enjoy that stuff very much
0: now was there were there any bands that you're in before you started out with because a lot of people that will be listening will know you from two or three bands that you've been in and the first one of notion for a lot of them would be one king down were you in bands before one king down
1: no one king down was my first band believe it or not (laughs) i wasn't you know i wasn't even the first vocalist either like one of my best friends uh his his name is bill brown uh he was the first vocalist uh for one king down and uh got in trouble with the law uh uh, for you know graffiti and uh, moved out west and you know i i tried out it seemed a a good fit so uh, then i was like okay here you know i guess this is i guess this this is what we're doing uh so yeah one King Down was actually my my first band which kind of explains in a way the the kind of pedestrian lyrical content you know and the I'm a bit embarrassed of that stuff, but uh, I mean, maybe not not embarrassed of of the music uh, as a whole, but just I I think, you know, looking back at at our initial efforts in any discipline, you know, you always look at things, uh, you know, critically like, you know, oh, I could have done a bunch of things differently and arguably better. But okay, they were important first steps to get to wherever I was. I was going. So I shouldn't I probably shouldn't be too harsh on myself.
0: No. (laughs) Well, that was at the time you guys, you know, you were on the the EP Bloodlust Revenge, which is kind of at the time how was it received? Because, you know, I know you guys are now playing a few shows here and there, but it's that EP is now very like cult backed, if that makes sense. Was it at the time backed as much as it is now?
1: I'm sorry, you broke up a bit. Could you repeat?
0: So it's now a lot of people are backing and loving the Bloodlust Revenge EP, and a lot of people are saying it's a classic of its time. But at the wow. time, was the EP actually received as positive?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, by and large, it, it was. I mean, we. Uh, it was. I mean, from from our perspective, it it was it was very well received. I think the time and the place uh, were. Yeah, our timing was very good uh and the northeast us was actually pretty good uh for that uh, for that style uh so i think it was just a matter of really good timing uh and you know I, I i tried not to i tried not to think too too much about what other people thought of what we did you know uh because if, if you go down that path it'll it'll rule you it'll just uh, everything you do every one of your creative efforts will be ruled by the 10 most dangerous words in the English language and they are what will other people say? What will other people think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, now you weren't really at the time in one King down for that long also, because you kind of left as you guys were gaining momentum, you kind of left. Um, now, I mean, it might be a bit personal or too you insider know, insiderish, but at the time, was that the best decision for all, or was it just this had to be done for you to leave? No,
1: it was a garbage decision by me, based on like ego and pride, and I was, you know, hyper emotional, and I didn't want to listen to reason. Uh, you know, I didn't want. I was, I was a bit inflexible in my my creative choices, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was just a, a very inflexible time for me, and I, I, I regret that decision tremendously. But um, you know, then we, you know, time went on we each did our thing and, and, you know, the, the rest of the band and myself, and then we, we buried the hatchet and then, uh, and then got back together for a real successful run. We enjoyed ourselves tremendously. Uh, and kind of, uh, you know, we renewed our bond and and things, things have been great since.
0: And speaking of that bond, you guys played, this is hardcore festival this year. And I see that you've announced a hometown show. So, Is there any, what's going on in the One King Down Camp? Is it just, we're just going to have some fun? Or is it, ooh, could there be something brewing? Could this keep going for a while?
1: Uh, Well, you know, we try to limit our uh, expectations and and our, you know, uh, our ambitions uh, and just kind of take things as they come. You know, we we hadn't planned on doing much else outside of This Is Hardcore. Uh, I mean, I'm sure other offers will come in. But you know, we all have <clears throat> quite a bit of responsibility now in our quote-unquote adult lives. You know, uh, families and mortgages and and all that unpleasant stuff that no hardcore kid wants to think about. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's really that's the nature of of life. Uh, so if something's going to you know distract us from from our responsibilities, it had better be goddamn good. Like you know, it better be. Uh, something super fun that we're all really into uh i mean even even for nostalgia's sake, but that's uh that's the long and the short of it. we're not really kind of uh, we're not trying to take over the world uh we're just trying to you know maybe play a show or two and and have a blast doing it
0: now you mentioned you know you look back and you you're not you cringe a bit in a way at what you wrote back then now an interesting thing or question I've got is. You guys were known one king down as a vegan straight edge band. Do you find those lyrics still have purpose and meaning for you now even though you're not necessarily in the same, you know, lifestyle in many ways?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they they certainly they mean something. Yes, of course. Uh, I don't think One King Down was was never a a, a fully vegan band. Uh, we were all straight edge at one point and that's, you know, that's even now that's changed. Uh, but that's fine, because once you release an album, you release a song or you release anything creative, it becomes its own thing you know and you take you take the leash off and it's out there in the world forever it, it, and it, it becomes its own entity um but yeah I mean it, you know mm, there there is quite a bit of meaning still with those jams, and even if it's less about uh Directly interpretable lyrical content, and more about the energy and the vibe of of what was happening at the time in our lives. Then, okay, then that's that's the meaning. That's that's where that's where I plug in. Mm. Uh, you know, the uh, the lyrical content. Okay, you know, perhaps it was a bit narrow, uh, and you know, I, I I wish I could go back and maybe not quite. Uh, pigeonhole the band to that degree because I think the music is fantastic and you know limitless potential but I think mm, objectively and this is not be being you know self-deprecating I'm just saying objectively uh, I was the the weak link uh, in that chain that I was the limiter I was the blocker uh, that uh, you know kind of impressed uh, very specific ideas onto music that that didn't want to you know, that deserved better, I think, that deserved better than to be a vehicle for a political ideology or to, you know, some kind of uh, specific uh, ethos or what have you. So that's that's really, that's the long and the short of it there. Uh, I, I wish I had uh, uh, a bit more foresight. But for, for what it was and, and for the, the time, it, it seemed to make a whole lot of sense. And that's I look at it like a snapshot of our lives at that time, basically.
0: And you went from one King down and then you joined most precious blood. And just like one King down, you came into most precious blood, not as the founding vocalist. You came in as, you know, on the second album, you are now the vocalist. Now, how, how did you join most precious blood? Were you approached? Did you approach them? What was the joining process like?
1: Well, I was, uh, you know, I was looking for stuff to do because you you can't just shut the engine off. Right. Hmm. Uh, and Justin Brannan, uh, close friend and uh, and guitarist for MPB and Indecision, um, knew knew of me, and you know we've been friends for a while. And uh, one came down and played with Indecision a whole bunch, and uh, he he reached out to me because they were giving Tom the boot because apparently he was just insufferable. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, I'll I'll consider it because at the same time. Uh, Matt Fox was asking me to sing for Shai Hulud. Ooh. Yeah, which was a, that was an easy decision. I, I was like, you know, Matt, I love you and you're my boy and all, but go fuck yourself. I'm not I'm not singing for Shai Hulud <laughs> uh, because I mean, I know I, I love I genuinely love Matt. He's a total sweetheart, but there's no way I'm, you know, I, I even told Justin, I'm like, if I come into this band, I'm not just a hired gun. I'm not just going to sing your lyrics. I'm, I'm going to write my own shit. And, you know, I get final say on or at least, you know, I I get uh, controlling shares on on the creative process with Mike with with the microphone with with Matt. There is no such uh, there's no such diplomacy. It's uh, it's it's his way or the highway. And I think that's why the uh, there's there's been such a revolving door, uh, almost, you know, laughable revolving door with uh, with the shy thing. So anyway, yeah, shy uh, and most precious blood both wanted me to, to take the helm, uh, at the same time. So I told Matt to go fuck himself. I love him, but I like, I love you. Go fuck yourself. And then I told Justin that, uh, that I would consider it. And I eventually took him up on the idea.
0: And I think, am I right in thinking that most precious blood was a very successful vehicle for you as a vocalist over your career?
1: I don't know. Maybe really? I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, how do you measure success? That's I, you know, true.
0: That's
1: I true. think uh, it helped me grow. It helped me kind of uh, expand my uh, my my creative horizons and my my content. And it 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 definitely challenged me in ways that I didn't expect. And you know, uh, I tried to approach the 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 work um, uh, objectively, but still passionately. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose there, there was a modicum of, of success there in that it, it lent to my, my growth as a musician or as a performer or what have you. Um, yeah, but in, yeah, in terms of like overall success, like, you know, not, notoriety, getting, getting recognized, getting known, I, I, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I've never really thought of it like that.
0: Now, uh, one thing, I, I was a big, big Most Precious Blood fan. Um, now, something that was interesting was I don't know if I don't know if you guys noticed it, but your first two albums with you on it, Our Lady in Annihilation and Merciless, um, there was a lot of attention, or I don't even know why there was attention, but it was all about the artwork for a while there.
1: Oh uh, yeah, the Our Lady uh, idea, yeah, like. Uh,
0: um, the, the whole, the Mary the with, I her, um, yes, yes, yes.
1: Well, I mean, it, it pissed a lot of people off and good, mm. you know, um, we're not, we're not trying to be trolls. We're just trying to get people to ask questions of themselves. Like, why are they so upset at an image? Like, uh, what did it, what do they have to be mad at? What's, what is it that we're challenging? That is so fragile that it requires, uh, a response like that. You know, what, what nerve are we striking? Uh, you know, just just ask yourself these questions, and and if if you can, and if you do, and you come to some conclusion, or you at least think about it, then okay, maybe you're, you know, maybe the the artwork has done its job. You know, maybe that's that's the main idea. It's gotten you to to think a little bit, or you know, challenge yourself a bit. That's the main idea.
0: And then merciless was that one was even it. You took it up another notch with the you know people not wanting the artwork because I even had to change the front on you guys because. I'm looking at the CD here now, and on the front is just a, a sheet with a blood spot. And then you open it, and then there's the face of the guy whose face is destroyed. Now, and that was an actual
1: photograph. That was actual makeup. Like that's really that's,
0: that's okay. A, that's a real. Dude. That's a real dude. Now, I mean, was it the was it the label that changed that on you guys and said, "Well, you can't have that at the front. That's just not acceptable." Yeah,
1: I think I think that we were uh, yeah we were being challenged. Uh, by distribution, by the label or whatever. Uh, so we uh, we made that concession because, okay, it still didn't change the primary theme. You know, we were like, okay, we can be more subtle about it and then just hit them hit with it on the inside, no problem. But we we were not willing to budge on the Our Lady cover. Uh, absolutely not.
0: Now, those albums were also on Trustkill. And, you know, a lot of people have had, you know, have come out and said they had negative experiences and it was shit or, you know, fuck them and all of that. Yep. But yep. what was your experience with the label? Because you were on those two albums were on Trustkill and then um, DNR was on what Trustkill then became, which was Tooth. Yeah. So
1: what was your well, relationship? Negative experiences, they're shit.
0: Fuck that! <laughs> well, there we go. That to the point. Love it. That's um, <laughs> was it. Was it literally just always a shitstorm? Always pushing up. Or pushing there was up always
1: out? there was always something like Josh was always at you know Josh Truskill, Josh Grabelle, fucking rich boy. He was always after some angle. Uh, oh, hang tight. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's always working some angle, some fucking shitty, slimy. Uh, I, I don't even, I don't want to give that dude any press time. Fuck him. Uh, I even saw him backstage at This Is Hardcore. Ooh. And, <laughs> and uh, one of my best friends, John Torn, was there for it. I walked up to him like, Josh Grabell. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, you look real good. Looking real fancy. You know? Uh, and And John said to me, Afterwards, like, dude, that was fucking hard. I'm going to steal that. I see one of my enemies. I'm just going to say their name and say, ha.
0: So, <laughs> now.
1: Yeah. I don't, have much, I don't have much to say about that, dude.
0: No, that, that, that summed it up perfectly. Now, uh, before you guys released DNR, um, I found a, an old school quote um, online about why you guys, you know, started slowing down. Um, and took time before you released DNA. One was because of the grind and the schedule with constantly playing live, but the other mm-hmm. was you guys said that you didn't want anything to do with the glossy culture anymore. Correct. Now, yeah, can, it, you, can you... It got, imp- it,
1: just got too, it got too fancy. It got too, like... Uh, it just got too polished, you know? It got too... Um, I don't know, we were touring with bands who couldn't wipe their ass without their tour manager, Fuck. you know? They they couldn't, like, uh, all these other bands and, and these people just had no DIY ethic. They had no work ethic. They didn't know what to do. Um, because, you know, th- they need to have, you know, their uh, mocha frappuccinos and GPS and all this bullshit, and they need to have, like, a, a, a ride or the, you know, two inches thick. Uh, it's like, look, you know, we... <laughs> we drive 10 hours to play in front of 50 people for 10 bucks and you know uh, some shitty fucking stew or whatever maybe we didn't get fed or whatever you know those those are the those are the dues you have to pay or you had to pay back back then now not so much people people have it very easy and uh i'm you know i'm not trying to sound curmudgeonly but that's that's the truth uh and it was just it became too you know mass media it Just it just became too much and we were just like you know what yeah we're out um you know, I, I, I touched upon that in the lyrics of, uh, of the song DNR, mm. you know, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cheesily recite the fucking lyrics, but you know, just, uh, just, just look them up and, uh, and you'll see what we meant.
0: Now you guys kind of called it a day in, yeah, I think it was around 2012, 2011. Cause that album DNR just kind of, it felt like there was no fanfare. It just kind of got released and that was it. Like. Correct. Some people, if you knew about you, the band, you knew the album got released. Um, I told some other friends that were into Most Precious Blood, I was like, did you get the new album? They're like, new album? Didn't even oh. Make... Didn't know there was one. Um, well, of
1: course, because again, back, back to Josh Grabell being a shithead. You know? he, here, here's a common trick. He, uh, he would do this Trust Kill ad, a full-page Trust Kill ad, and then put like, you know, a one inch by one inch squared, uh, you know, album cover, Most Precious Blood album cover or whatever, in the corner and charge it to us and charge the full page out to
0: us. Oh, fuck. You
1: know? Yeah, he's a fuck, whatever. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's no wonder. Uh, it's 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 no It's no surprise there.
0: Now, Most Precious Blood have been put to rest for a while. Is mm-hmm. there any thought of maybe getting back for one off? You know, anniversary shows Not
1: not really, not really I think uh, Matt and I had a falling out uh, Bass player He's like, uh, he's so bummed out That I'm not vegan anymore But all right, you can go be the vegan police elsewhere I don't give a shit Uh, (laughs) Justin lives in, oh he lives in Atlanta Justin lives in Brooklyn Uh, Rachel lives in California I live in uh, central Massachusetts And Colin lives uh, In Australia, last I knew Mm. So yeah we're spread out all over the place like the Voltron lines. And uh, you know, I don't see us playing uh, any shows anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, let's move on to what you did next. Now is, how do you pronounce, is it Ishimura? Ishimura?
1: Oh, Ishimura and Shakushu Gokan. Yeah. That's uh, my buddy, Jared and I just did this like, uh, you know, the fast and sloppy grind core, uh, stuff. Uh, that's, that was just fun stuff to keep us busy. Uh, you know you can you can look us up you'll you'll find uh you'll find us on Bandcamp or you know some uh,
0: I really I, I really enjoyed Google. it. I liked it. Oh.
1: <laughs> All of that stuff was done with no pitch shifters. All that stuff is actually my voice.
0: It just sounds and I love it it sounds raw. I mean there's just a raw anger and energy in that that um I don't think you really a lot of bands are trying to achieve that now. And that seemed seamlessly. Um, so that was obviously just some fun that you had for a while. And then you popped up, um, you joined recon. Correct. Wow. Now, how did that come about?
1: Uh, well, I mean, those are some of my best friends. We all grew up together. I actually did a guest vocal spot on the, uh, on the recon demo, like in the, you know 1400s or whenever we did that so uh they, they were they were in need of a vocalist and I, you know i was looking to do something creative and mike was mike let me listen to like the uh the hell uh demos and i'm like oh dude i want in this sounds great so we just made it happen it was a lot of fun it just made a lot of sense we're, we're all super close friends
0: is it is that still an active thing yeah
1: we're playing a couple shows uh we're playing uh on the 25th we're playing a mosh for paws it's like the uh, a dog uh, rescue and shelter benefit, uh, in New Jersey. Um, that's August 25th. And then, uh, we're playing tsunami fest this year too. So Ooh. yeah, we still, we, st- we still do stuff.
0: What about any, any possible more recordings? Cause that hell EP was, I think it was 2012. Anything maybe on the horizon, anything from you recorded wise, um, uh, on the horizon.
1: Oh, I got, I got a whole bunch of stuff in, uh, in the pipeline. You're, uh, uh I can't, I can't let any cats out of the bag just yet. But uh, you know, just keep your ear to the ground, and, and uh, uh, all good things will come to those who wait. And then, for those who wait yet longer, uh, stuff will come from me. <laughs> good things, but still, it's, it counts.
0: Now, only a, one or two other questions I wanted before we wrap things up, dude. And one was, um, you know, you've been. You know, you say you're old, but I I don't think you're old. You're only 40-something. But um, now you've seen the industry or the record industry kind of go through many different phases. Um, Uh You've seen it go from being all about the CD and now it's all about the streaming and the downloading. Where, Where do you, as an artist, see the industry today? Do you see it in a positive way or in a kind of negative way?
1: Neither. Uh, It is fascinating to see uh, how it has evolved so quickly, how people consume, uh, you know, creative product and, and, you know, how people uh, purchase or or take possession of creative stuff. Uh, And I can't make any predictions, uh, nor do I assign, you know, positive or negative uh, uh, anything to anything. I just uh, I look at it kind of objectively. I think it's absolutely fascinating. People are going to get what they want, you know, no matter what. Uh, and you know, now the internet just like makes everything super easy. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I, I have no, uh, I have no problems with anything one way or the next. Uh, I just, I, I just want to see everyone get <clears throat> creative and, and just share their stuff with their stuff out there and go to, you know, put on a live show and just freak out and sell shirts. That's it.
0: Now, then the follow on question from that is, um, how do you, where do you see hardcore in 2018? Because, you know, you kind of stepped away with most precious blood for a while, they're saying about the glossy culture. Do you do you see hardcore still in that glossy element, or do you think it's gone a bit more guttural?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely changed a bit. Uh, I think things are getting weirder again, which is a huge plus. Uh, you know, people are, are taking more risks, which is always good. Uh, and you know, the weirder and more risky and more out there things get, uh, the, the better. You know that's that's the long and the short of it. Uh, things are getting real weird and real awesome, and uh, things are a lot less kind of thuggish and more like bright and energetic and creative. And I don't mean positive, because I can't stand that shit. <laughs> I mean people people are just you know they're starting to freak out more, and it's just fucking great. That's it's all I want to see is people show up and freak the fuck out.
0: Now, what do you li- what are you listening to at the moment? Like, what bands are you you know?
1: Not a lot of- metal the new immortals okay uh a uh, lot of um mortician of course because that's mortician uh you know a lot of tech death metal uh hideous divinity and wormed uh you know things along along those lines and then okay of course i i listened to a lot of uh 40s junction uh mm-hmm. on sirius xm uh, believe it or not i'm a huge fan of that stuff and uh a ton of um jeff buckley and the new sade should be should be coming up pretty soon i think uh but yeah i mean uh, it's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff i i have a really eclectic mix uh, a lot of alan holdsworth and like Prague jazz stuff animals as leaders never disappoints i saw them last year they were incredible uh what else i mean ah I I was on a, an abandoned kick for a while, but I got suicidally depressed. I'm like, yeah, no, I got to stop listening to a band and listen to something. You know, maybe I'll just listen to some Mississippi Delta blues for a little while. <laughs> you know, get, get depressed in other ways.
0: Yeah. Now, the last thing I do when I have these, you know, great chats that you've just given me, Rob, is I do a segment called Pick Your Poison. Now, sure. what it is, is you get two options. And you need to act like you only get one of these for the rest of your life. Which one are you going to stick okay. with?
1: I'm 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 in. Let's go.
0: All right, pizza or burger?
1: Oh, burger. Yeah. Hands oh,
0: down. okay. Now, chicken or beef? Beef. Okay. Cooking or dining out?
1: Uh, cooking. Okay. And it's cleaner and you have more control.
0: Cinema or couch? Shit.
1: <laughs> Probably couch, if I'm being real.
0: Okay. Beach or snow?
1: How about a snowy beach?
0: Ooh. Hang on. Ooh. All right.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I don't know. Uh the the missus likes the beach. Uh I hate the sun. I love the snow. Uh so I have to say beach. Because okay. happy wife, happy life.
0: Yes, it is actually. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> S- skateboard or rollerblade
1: oh <laughs> uh, this, <is> <laughs> this is a trap i mean i've been ska- I've, I've been a skateboarder my whole life so of course rollerblades of course
0: <laughs> cat or dog now i know you got a cat so i think your answer is going to be cat isn't it
1: uh it, it would be dog oh I, I grew up with dogs. I grew up with like pinchers and shepherds and pit bulls. So like, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. Now Dog. we're getting into some movie ones here. Terminator oh, or predator. Oh, fuck. Not fuck. an easy one.
1: Um, oh shit. I have to pass on this one. This is like, it's a like, it, I, I can't. home, <laughs> uh, right, I'm to try. Fuck. So I'm going to go. Okay. Terminator edges out Predator by a nose because of the soundtrack.
0: Oh, good answer. Yes. Good answer. It's it's
1: like, it's barely, just barely. I'm actually mad at you for asking that.
0: (laughs) Well, you probably won't like the next few then. Rambo or Rocky?
1: Uh, Considering that Rocky was done on almost no money, like zero budget, and that was just like a, a frantic you know, rendering of a vision, I'm going to go with Rocky, plus Philly.
0: Yeah. Freddie versus Jason.
1: Oh, Freddie, all fucking day.
0: Now, Sly versus Arnie. Shit. Who do you prefer? Whose muscles are more appealing?
1: I mean, I think from a classically, uh, from a classic, classical bodybuilding, probably Arnie.
0: Okay. Now, this one... I threw this in recently because I just – I love the corny old stuff. Now, this would be Walker's Texas Ranger or MacGyver.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, if I answer this incorrectly, I'm going to get beat to death. Uh, <laughs> so my, I always loved MacGyver. Uh, my, my dad was a total MacGyver guy. Uh, but if I don't say Walker, Texas Ranger – uh, I'm gonna get crushed to death with one hand So I'm gonna go with Walker, Texas Ranger
0: Okay, now we got into a couple of movie, uh, music ones Slayer right. or Pantera Oh, Pantera Okay Yeah Metall- Pantera never
1: became mall metal
0: Metallica or Megadeth
1: uh, Metallica uh, first, first three albums First four albums
0: Oh, yeah And nothing Sabbath or Van Halen
1: Oh, my God Okay, Sabbath, if it's all of Van Halen but Van Halen, if it's just Diamond
0: Dave. Ooh, nice answer. Terror or Madball? Mm,
1: not Madball.
0: Oh, that's, <laughs> there you go. That's easy. Um, now, last couple. Mosh Pit or Up the Back? Oh,
1: my God. Uh, pass because I don't care.
0: <laughs> Touring or recording? Recording. And last one, CD or vinyl? Oh yeah, vinyl. All
1: day. Fuck There's
0: yeah. more. Yes. Uh, Rob, thank you so fucking much, dude. That was uh, that was just fun. That was uh, that's
1: uh, that was a great pleasure. Yeah, I I certainly appreciate you taking some time and uh, and having me on. It's fucking this rules. This is a, this is a great talk.
0: So that was my chat with Rob of Most Precious Blood one king down and recon thank you so much again dude much love much appreciated and so much respect thank you for taking time out for the show so that is it for the mosh zone episode 31 wrapped up in the can done and dusted thank you for tuning in i hope you had a great time listening i had a great time putting this all together if you're a first time listener Thank you for taking time out for the show. I hope you enjoyed it enough that you will come back for further episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in to my ramblings and to the Mosh Zone. Forever grateful for your support. Thank you as always. Now, if you've got time this week, help us out. Share the podcast. Let your friends know about the podcast. Share it on your social medias. Any help you give us, we are forever grateful for. Your help is essential to getting us out to more people and helping The Mosh Zone grow. Now, don't forget, subscribe to the website. The website is www.themoshzone.com. Don't forget to like and follow the social medias. Those are all at The Mosh Zone on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And also, don't forget, you can send us an email at thamoszone at gmail.com thank you again have a great week stay safe open the pitch